It's time to travel with Anita. From across town to around the world, she covers it all. Spanning the globe for more than four decades, Anita has been to over 100 countries and territories and is the host of the Lowell Thomas Bronze Award-winning podcast, Quarter Miles Travel. From load transportation fares to travel insurance concerns, safety to savings, Anita gets you there and back with a smile along the way. Now, here's the host of Travel with Anita, Anita Thomas. Hello, 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 and welcome aboard Travel with Anita and Friends. Now, this year, my focus on travel has been learning more about history and especially learning more about how travel and sustainability can work together. Now, I'm sure you're like me and you're hearing the word sustainability and also the word conservation all around you. But what does it mean for travel? That's what I'm asking. And, you know, I have mentioned before that I'm focusing on that this year. So I have come up with my own definition of how not only I can define it, but also how I can experience the places I go. So you guys listen up because here's my definition. Sustainable travel means finding a way to maintain tourism experiences for the long term without harming the natural and the cultural environments that we like to experience. So that means respecting and protecting the places we go, because after all, they are home to the people who are there and make our vacations fun and relaxing. So sustainable travel should minimize any of those kind of negative impacts and make sure that it benefits the areas that we love about visiting the places we go. So that would be things like highlighting the culture, highlighting the traditions, people, and the history. You just heard me mention culture and history. So visiting UNESCO Royal Heritage Sites are a great way to go to places around the world and focus on that history part of sustainability. Now, I recently had a chance to visit the Lower Saxon and Saxon Anhalt area of Germany. And there are several, I mean several great opportunities to learn more about history and experience old towns, which is amazing to do. And one of my favorite things to do is really to visit those old towns. My visit started in Goslar, the town known for medieval wealth of emperors and kings. And that wealth was centered around the silver, lead, copper, and zinc mines from the ore deposits found at Romdesburg, which is a mountain area there. Now, Goslar was founded in 922. Wow, that's a long time ago. And it became an imperial city approximately 100 years after that, and one of the most important seats of power in the Roman Empire. The Imperial Palace, that's still located there today, is one of the largest roofed halls built in the Middle Ages. It stands grandly in the town where you can tour the palace and view the paintings that are inside, which show the emperors and kings who ruled the area through the years. Those paintings are fantastic because they tell the stories and they're a great way to gain an understanding of the cultural and historic importance of the area. And the belief was that this area would always remain the same and that the return of the emperors and kings like Louis II would be inevitable, that they would be returning. One of the highlights of Gosler, and I must give it credit for becoming a UNESCO Royal Heritage Site because of it, are the half-timbered houses. There are over 1,500 of them. These colorful houses are built along cobblestone streets, creating a really medieval feel of the city. So think about those fairy tale houses with wood frames around the building, 
making it look like a checkerboard. Remember those? Those were some of my childhood uh, sort of thoughts about gingerbread houses or places in fairy tales. And you felt as though if you were among those houses, you were like in a dream or something like Alice in Wonderland or Hansel and Greta. But those half-timbered houses, they are for real. And they're there, they're standing still. And especially if you go into the market square, and there were these half-timbered houses in every direction. Fascinated to see them all there. They're all around the whole city. Now, the historic center along the Upper Hearts Water Management and the Romsburg Mines, it's no wonder that Goslar became a UNESCO World Heritage Site because those places are amazing to see. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in, uh, later in the show. But are you a lover of architecture and history? Because Goslar is definitely your spot. And you don't want to miss a visit to the Siemens House, the famous Siemens company. Well, they have a family home that is located there in Goslar, And it was right across the street from the hotel where I stayed, the Hotel Zurbors. I had a chance to go inside and take a tour of the house. And it still had so many of the features from times gone by. The carriage spot where the horse and carriage would come inside. A chance to look inside and kind of see the wood frame. But what was really interesting is that there were certain parts of the house that also had modern appliances. I mean, there was a TV, there was a washer and dryer, all set in this old half-timbered house. It was kind of fun to see the comparison of both of those. Now for me, another part of enjoying a city and really looking at some of the traditional things is to try the local cuisine. And one of the things that I love is white asparagus. And I was in luck because it was white asparagus season while I was there. <laughs> so the first night, we went out to a restaurant called Bra House and had great food. And of course, I had the white asparagus. Now, I like it with just kind of boiled with a little bit of butter. But one of the traditional ways to have it is with hollandaise sauce. I just chose the butter, though. But it was delicious. Really good to be back in Germany and have a chance to have that being in the right place at the right time, I'll call it. Now, there are a couple of other things that you can do while you're visiting Gosseler. One of them is going hiking. Gosseler is a great spot for a starting point for hiking adventures in the beautiful Harz region. Now, the pure air there is just really refreshing. The challenging hills, slight hills, but then also the flat areas, it's the perfect place for those who like to go hiking. And in the winter, there's ski slopes, cross-country ski trails, and all of that really makes a winter vacation, a winter getaway, really come alive. Now, there's nothing like shopping and dining. I've already mentioned how much I love having my white asparagus, but Gosler offers a lot of opportunities for you to enjoy yourself within like a romantic setting. Because those half-timbered houses really bring up a lot of uh, kind of feelings about that. Very romantic. Now, there are many cafes, restaurants around the old town that offer a perfect place for you to try some of the local cuisine. And that includes also having a really nice, delicious beer with your, with your meal as well. Not too far from Gosler and a great excursion is to take a walk along the Greenbelt. 
Now you may say, well, what is the green belt? Well, the green belt is a strip along what was the border between East and West Germany. And along that area, nature really just kind of, there wasn't a lot of things going on. But what has happened now is that they have created it into a spot, a nature reserve, where the border between East and West Germany, where it once was there, is now a place where people can go and enjoy a relaxing hike, a walk along the green, the green belt. Now, there is some remembrance there that you will see if you go there of the time when the border was there. Uh, there's a fence that's still there. There's also an uh, area where the dogs were kept because if someone tried to escape and touch the fence, the guards were alerted and those dogs were released from that particular area. So that is still there. So just be prepared to see some of the remnants that is still there. But it's a beautiful area because you can walk there and you can also take a look at some of the mountains. Uh, the border ran between the Brocken and the Bormack Mountains. And you can still see those in the distance. So great for a day's getaway to take a walk there. My trip to Germany was filled with all the fun I could possibly have. You know, I didn't have to worry about unforeseen situations popping up because my travel buddy was there taking care of all the worry so I could have all of the fun. Now, who is my travel buddy? Because you thought I was there by myself, right? Well, my travel buddy is Allianz Travel Insurance. They're with me on every trip that I take. And they can be your travel buddy, too, on every trip. Check out their annual coverage options at their website, AllianzTravelInsurance.com. I have so much more to say about Gosler, but I'll stop here. But when I come back, I will share a conversation that I had with Barbara Fruitick. She was my guide doing our tour around Gosler. And she has some very interesting things to share and a very interesting story to share, too, that will make you say, hmm, that's amazing. And make you think about how different things can be just by a few acts uh, that we do today and not really knowing how they will affect us in the future. Back in a moment here on Travel with Anita and Friends. I'll tell you all about it. travel are linked together in most of the branding today. But what does that mean for our travel experience? Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. Now that's a great question because I'm asking that myself. And one way is to preserve history with UNESCO Rural Heritage Sites. They provide an opportunity for historic sites to still inform us in the future. They hang around, they stay with us. My recent visit to Gosler, Germany was all about visiting UNESCO heritage sites. I toured the city of Gosler with Barbara Frutick, a tour guide who has been doing this for 24 years in Gosler. So she knows what she's talking about when she talks about history and development of the city. I asked her to tell us about what makes Gosler a great destination for travelers wanting to experience UNESCO Rural Heritage Sites. Very special for Gosler is that we have approximately 1,500 buildings which are listed in the old city of Gosler because during the Second World War we had no bomb attacks and so we have a, nearly a complete old city inside the former town wall. 
no destruction and you find such a lot of interesting buildings and visitor mines in the Rammelsberg mines, old copper mines, and so you can enjoy and discover such a lot of things in museums, in old streets, and it's very, very charming and special. Well, one of the things that makes it so charming and special is the architecture. So tell us a little bit about the architecture and some of the the houses and homes and buildings that, that we can see when we're here. Yes, we have different architecture, stone houses and a lot of half-timbered houses, approximately 1,500. And the oldest houses are date from the middle of the 13th century. They are renovated and modernized inside and people live there, but in a very uh, nice kind to protect and to show the historic facades. We have uh, half-timbered houses, the oldest ones from the late 15th centuries, and sometimes it's, it's a difficult hard because we are world cultural heritage, hard to restore it because you have to, um, to uh, see at the rules you have to restore the, the historic houses. Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's hard, but it's very nice and it's uh, very uh, necessary to look at the rules to uh, prepare the houses in his, the historic kind. And preserve them like we want to see yeah. them historically. So on our tour, you mentioned something about the houses and the construction of the houses with, with their slate roofs. That really, when we look back in history, is what really saved God's Yes, the roof. Roofs are covered by slate and also the walls, and that's a dark gray color. And uh, during the Second World War, they tried to bomb, to attack Goslar, but in the Second World War, it was not allowed to have light in the houses or at the streets, and therefore the, um, they couldn't find us, yes? from the air at the sky in the night. It was completely dark and they couldn't find Goslar and that was the big stroke of luck and therefore we have the historic city without any war destruction. That is really amazing because when you think about history, I mean, now where we are, we can do what's called the 2020, you know, hindsight. We can look back and just imagine then what things would have been like had that not happened. We are very happy about the situation and uh, I must say we, are, we can show and look at different historic buildings, but we are not a museum, we are living here and that's very important that people are living in the houses and are interested to restore and to underhold them. And we live with a lot of tourists the year round, and we are proud about to show and to talk about what happened here. And that's what makes the city also too a UNESCO site, because the whole city really is, is historic yes. and sustained and, and conserved. Yes, all the city is UNESCO World Cultural Heritage because of no destruction. Mm -hmm. And uh, together with the Rammelsberg mines, the visitor mines today, there was mining without any important interruption since the 10th century until 1988. Today you can walk inside the mines and uh, discover a lot of historic mining 
And these two parts are UNESCO World Cultural Heritage since 1992. And since 2010, we got a third part, the Upper Hearts Water Management System, the oldest system from pre-industrial time to get water power for mining. Wow, I can't wait to see that. I know we're truly yes, interested. One of the high points of visiting here is to see the palace. So yes. tell us a little bit about the palace. Yes, the palace was uh, is a very interesting building and uh, was built in the middle of the 11th century under uh, the reign of an important uh, German emperor. And you see different parts. You see the palace where he ruled and judged. You see the private rooms. You see the old private chapel. And Goslar was the favorite palace of this emperor. He set his heart on this place, and it stayed here until today in an old chapel. And the first floor of the palace had been decorated in the second half of the 19th century, about 18 years, to uh, show the people on different um, paintings the history, the old history of the old Holy Roman Empire and the foundation of the Second Empire. And that's important to see. It's like a lively history book along the walls. But is. yes, but also you find in the former private rooms in the second floor, the Goslar registry. So sometimes at the weekend, you find uh, the bride and people <laughs> to celebrate a wedding there. I see that a lot of the houses have been now turned into hotels. So for my listeners, I'm encouraging them to come. They can really have unique stays in some of the buildings that were built in the 16th, 17th centuries. Yes, we have some hotels, but some ch uh, ho uh, houses changed to hotels later. A lot of them weren't built as hotels. Sometimes they were guild houses, they were private houses, or um, uh, the Goslar Mint, for example, changed to a hotel, old mint today. So often you sleep and live in historic houses, and they are hotels today. That is so fascinating, so fascinating. Now, is there any information that my listeners could um, do a little research beforehand, like a website or something like that? Yes, you have uh, uh, the Goslar website, and uh, for the Hearts Mountains, you have um, the Upper Hearts Water Management System website, and you have different links, you, so you find connections to the different informations. Yeah? Goslar.de you find uh, the most information. And, and there you find links for also for the Upper Arts Water Management System. Great, great, great. Well, send everybody over to that website so we can start planning to come. Barbara, thank you so much for the tour. And I for thank you for your visit and oh. greetings to all the hearers of the stories. And if you're interested to visit Europe and to visit Germany, please visit Goslar. We are would be very happy to see you here. Oh, there we have a wonderful time. So much history here. Thank you so much, Barbara. I thank you. Goodbye. As you can see, I had a wonderful time in Gosselaar. It was a perfect opportunity for me to apply my definition of sustainability and conservation with visiting the UNESCO World Heritage Sites there in Gosselaar. And you can do the same thing too. Check out their website at goslar.de. That's G-O-S-L-A-R dot D-E. And you can plan your vacation, a little time to go over and do 
some of the same things that I did. Now, I'll stop here, but when I come back, I'm going to move over and talk about the water management system that you heard Barbara and I talking about. So stay where you are because I'll be back in a few minutes to go travel with Anita and friends. not only informs us about the things from our past, but also how and why we have the traditions, the routines, and the way of life that we do today. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. I want to move over to the Upper Hearts water management area that I had a chance to visit. It is the world's largest and most significant combined system of ponds and water ditches, and it's also part of Gosler's UNESCO Rural Heritage Site since August of 2010. And this water management system started um, over a period of 800 years, back in the Middle Ages. So it's been around for a while. And it has been the most important power source for the Upper Hearts Mining, providing not only hydropower for the ore extraction, but also the operation of their pumps. And today, 107 ponds have been preserved, along with the ditches and the subterranean watercourses that are still in operation. And you can go and tour them. I had a chance to do that during the Rommelsburg mine when I went along with Martin Vesser, our guide. So I had a chance to sit down and chat with him and I want to share that with you. You can make two different underground guided tours with different views in history, windows of time. We have uh, one guided tour go by feet in a 200 year old energy system that we made. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other guided tour is uh, go by train, by a little small cute mining train, 15 years old. And in this guided tour you see the modern uh, mining uh, activities with big hammers and using dynamite and so on. And then you can uh, go in uh, our uh, exposition. We have an exposition with themes 300, uh, sorry, 3000 years of uh, relationship between the mining and um, our region here. Mm -hmm. There is an, an, we have social uh, history, social culture relationships over 100 years where the, the, the mining area and the, the whole landscape around it uh, grows together. Mm -hmm. This was, and, and today is unbreakable. We are one World Heritage Site, we are one region, but uh, the, the, the mono industry of mining activities over centuries, so 100 years, dominate thing that works in the minds of the people and, 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 and how the people live and how the people mm -hmm. think and what we... Religion was was one themes of that. This is wow. this is what what the people what, what the people can yes, the whole life the whole life of the man was 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 touched by the by the mining. And I heard you mention that uh, it was generational. So you would see a lot of times when someone comes in to apply that that same last name means that their father may have worked here, their grandfather. Yes. So generations. Is a son of a miner have no options for life he became a miner. Mm. It was, we have in Goslar, we have uh, the, the archives of the churches 
and and when we can see uh, when a when a young son was born from a minus cult, we have also the same name. Mm-hmm. This is like a dynasty. Yeah. Is, you have the grandfather. Yeah, you have the grandfather. You have the father. You have the son. And this is the 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 hard cut came 1988. The the father was a miner, but the son can't be minor because yeah. the mine the, the whole mine was closed mm-hmm. this was the cut of the of the end in, ending of this period of this 1000 years period uh, in the in the whole life of the people here so so martin the mine started mm-hmm. a thousand years ago 3000 years we think 3000 mm-hmm. years ago but we don't know exactly the date Mm-hmm. We have some um, scientists, we have archaeological uh, projects and we think about that uh, the first man t- took a stone from the, from the face and looked, mm-hmm. oh, this is not a normal stone, it's heavy and it's mm-hmm. a little sparkling, there must be metal inside. Must be yeah, yeah, and it's heavy. Yeah. And uh, this was <laughs> 1000 before Jesus, wow. uh, we think, but yeah. we have no documents about that mm-hmm. we have some 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 flashlights in history that mm-hmm. we see and together and we have one flashlight and one and between this we have 3000 uh, 300 200 years dark ages yeah. exactly no exactly documented is uh, 1100 years mm-hmm. the last 1100 years here we have exacted uh, documents for every week mm-hmm. uh, in the archives this is um, but in former times, they are no record, no record, keep no pictures, no, no photos, pictures, yeah. and we have uh, big gaps mm-hmm. in the timeline. But now, what what were you mining? What was coming out of the mines today? No, b- back before. Before, what what came out? Yeah, it was chopper and lead. There was mm-hmm. chopper and lead. This one of the main minerals here in in our region. And, and a small part of of uh, silver, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and is very very small part of gold. One ton of stone, one gram gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we are not a gold mine. We are a chopper and lead mine, and it was the successful least and 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 economically successful least mine. Uh, in Europe, mm-hmm. all, all time. And what was what was being done with uh, the things that were being mined out of here, the copper and the and everything that was being mined out, the silver. What? Was it used to for homes? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, this <laughs> today we we need it for our cell phones, for microphones, and mm-hmm. so on. No, it was uh, in every time they needs the the the, the metals in, in in this in its own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, silver was only for uh, used for coins. Today we have our silver coins too. In the U.S. and Germany we in have Germany to, we have this uh, <laughs> and 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 chopper uh, for cables. Mm. For cables, 100 years we have electricity. We we, we need mm. cables. And then uh, chopper is one of the the uh, metals for bronze. Mm. And 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 lead was uh, uh, for buildings uh, was lead inside for for the roofs. They lead and in modern times we need this for batteries for cars and mm. and and. and 
chopper led are the, the base of our living today. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it just showed you how important, you know, it was. Like you said, it was part of the whole community mm -hmm. and it was really the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So when visitors come here, um, they can tour inside like what we did today. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned they can also do a train. Uh, but how long does that usually take? I think we were ah, here for about an hour. For stay here? Um, three hours, three hours is minimum. You make a tour. The tour is one, uh, one hour, 50 minutes mm -hmm. in German mm -hmm. and in English. This is this. And this is important for your uh, customers in U.S. We have English guided tours every day. Great, very good. And we have some, some, some books in English too. Very good. Now, what is the cost? The cost, uh, we have uh, one tour um, introduced, uh, included uh, the, the entry for the museum is um, 18 euro. Mm -hmm. It is in $20, so mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. And is that the same for kids or is no? The kids, the kids are. Uh, uh, it's cheaper. It's uh, nine euro, I think. Mm -hmm. And you can you can see our cost is uh, on our homepage, www.rammelsberg.de. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. This is the, we are an old site with modern times <laughs> and modern things. That's yes. that's we need this to to communicate with our guests and, and our customers. And uh, you need the modern times to show all of the history. Yes. <laughs> If you want to, to, to come to, Ram to Ramelsburg, take a look on our homepage. And for, for, your, here, for your customers in the US, write an email to info, dot, uh, info at ramelsberg.de that you became an English tour guide. Okay, yeah. to make sure. Yeah, yeah reserve, reserve your tour, then, then, then you have your starting time. You see, you came at 10 in the morning, and after your 10 in the morning, your English guided tour. This is then only for you. Yeah, write, write an email. This is a simple way. It was a fantastic tour. You'll want to do it too. Now, I know you've heard me say that I have a travel buddy, and that is Allianz Travel Insurance. They can be your buddy too. Check out their website at AllianzTravelInsurance.com. There are lots of options there. And I'll stop here, but when I come back, I've got more to share with you on my time in Germany. Back in a minute, you're going to travel with Anita and friends. Travel with Anita and friends. Quindenberg, the cradle of Germany, is filled with history and beauty. Everything has been preserved there for us to see and experience today. I had a chance to walk around the city with a tour guide who is well versed in how and why that city has become a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Now, I do want to let you know that this is raw footage from my time on the tour. So listen in carefully because there's a little bit of background noise, but it just paints the full picture of what it's like for you to visit the city as well. We were put on the UNESCO World Heritage List in the year 1994. 
And there are three reasons. One reason is that we have many places of the Ottonian time here. Um, for example, the Collegiate Church, uh, St. Servazzi, and then the Church um, St. Piperti. You can't see it, it lies in this direction. If you have time, you may go there for a walk. You may, fi you may find signs that guide you there. It's not difficult to find. You follow the street and then, then turn to the left and you get to the former monastery that served as a place where the king got its um, um, the, 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 the nutrition from when he stayed here with his court huh? and um, yeah we have these places and then we have the timber frame architecture but it's not only the amount of timber frame houses in Amra it's uh, what is special in our town is that you can see the development of timber frame architecture over 800 centuries eight eight centuries yeah, and um, that is special. You you see how the, the this kind of architecture developed. Can you yeah. show that? When yes, I yeah. I will show you. And um, the other reason is that we still have the the course of the streets like in the Middle Ages. Yeah, you can find many streets with old names, and they they didn't change the course a lot. And you ha in in many streets you may also find the old pavement. Yeah, not here at the moment. It's not the the um, the old town of Wittenberg. We are outside of it. But when we go around over the castle hill, you may find everywhere the pavement. So be careful, don't stumble. Yeah, <laughs> no, so no. <laughs> and but it's always interesting to look upside when you see the timber frame architecture later. It's always interesting to look upside, and then you won't look at your feet. Um, we we still have the medieval pavement in many parts of the old town and okay. also the new town, and the course of the streets didn't change. You you see the the structure of a of a medieval uh, city in, in uh, here in Quedlinburg, yeah. And many streets have the old names. We had eight gates, twenty five towers and uh, 10 bastions that were, were fortified places to protect the town from enemies yeah, and many parts of the town wall are still protect, uh, pre protected preserved and you may see it at, uh, at the old town but the gates are all torn down there there don't exist any gates anymore they were torn down in the 19th century for the increasing traffic yeah, the, the gates were very narrow and it was not not possible to get through with the cars of that time and so they tore down all the gates but um, at the places where, where the gates stood you can find signs at the wall of the houses nearby and see how the gates looked our guide now tells us about the standabar house which is one of the oldest timber frame homes in the region this is the so-called standabar post and beam building and it's a timber frame architecture museum nowadays was built at the beginning of the 14th century. All the, all the past years we always said it was built in 1347. But last year they found out it was even it is even older. They there are measures to, to find out how, how old a, a timber frame building is. They take um, they take uh, uh, a part of the beam. Get inside it and take it out, and then they—it's called dendrochronological uh, measures—and uh, they compare the, the 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 one with other with other uh, beams of this uh, region, and so they can find out how when when the wood was cut, and they uh, found out that the wood was cut in 1322, and that's very new information. In all the books, it's written 1347, but um, our. Um, our researchers found out it's even older. It's mm -hmm. 1322. <laughs> you won't find this information anywhere, only in the newspapers. <laughs>
traditional way of building timber frame architecture. You have a foundation that is made of stone and then you have a ground beam on the foundation and then in the ground beam you have the stands, the, the beams that stretch up to the roof. Yeah? And it's, it's made of one beam up to the roof. Yeah? And that means you can build the house as high as the tree is, not, not higher. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and to create story, stories, you have um, um, uh, other beams that are put through the, the stands. Yeah? You have the, 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 how is it called, the horizontal joists. Uh, the horizontal joists that, that, that go through the sending beam. You can see it at the side of the building here yeah. and also yeah, there. They, yeah. they, they, they go through the beam yes. and they are lo locked up with wooden yeah. nails. Yeah. It's called a, a, a lock, uh, a, yes. a, a, a timber frame lock. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, that's the original way to build timber frame houses. The, the original roof tiles that were used in the Middle Ages, we call them nuns and they, are, they lay there with chalk. Uh, and um, may maybe you know this from the Mediterranean area, like Italy or France. You find uh, similar roofs, roof tiles, but they have nuns and monks. Yeah, they, uh, that's a little bit different. But this is the, the normal roof, sorry, the roof tile of uh, the Middle Ages. And um, there were also roof tiles made of wood in the Middle Ages, and also um, they used straw. Like People always use what is there in the nature. And yeah. that, that is why we have so many different buildings in our region. They, that, to, to build timber frame houses, you need a foundation of sandstone. You can find sandstone here in our region. Then you have a lot of wood because of the hot region. Yeah? And they, they, they use the local wood. And then um, for, the, for, the, for the walls, they use uh, woven willows. In, inside the compartments, you find willows. woven will, willows. And then, like, clay. And then, clay. And then they, they put a mixture of clay and straw onto it. And um, then that, that gets dry, and uh, on this uh, on this wall they put lime plaster. And the house was inhabited until 1962, and then it was in a very bad condition, and uh, they they took renovation measures, and uh, then uh, it opened as a museum in 1976. So it's already an old museum. The house of the 16th century in the style of Lower Saxony. And um, we have many houses of the 16th century in our town, and these, I think these are the most beautiful houses. This style is very beautiful because they have a lot of wood carvings. Um, at the thresholds between the stories, you can see many, many carvings in the wood. For example, you have uh, the beams that come out of the facade, they are carved like rollers. Yeah, you mm, can, the, mm -hmm. the end of the beam is carved like a roller, yeah, and at the side of the roller you find like stars or like like pentacles and and, and flowers, yeah. And then between the the end of the beams you find like small ships, like canoes. Mm. Yeah, and these are called ships molds, yeah, and um, that's a symbol for the the way from from life to death, yeah, for a good way from life to death. Because all these timber frame houses are built. Uh, of a lot of wood you have the beams and you have the compartments and you have the roofs and all that is made of wood was made of wood and then um, there were fires in the town not so big fires we are lucky that we didn't have any big fire that destroyed a whole quarter but some houses burned and the people knew they needed fire protection and so they said okay if you can afford it you need to put the bricks into the compartments yeah, so that is kind of fire protection and also they, they left a bit of space between the buildings, but all these buildings are older than the fire protection managers, but some
sometimes you find buildings that don't stand directly by each other, and so you may find um, that's for fire protection. Yeah, and typical for the 18th century is that you have uh, the beams uh, the, the, that uh, stand up, they, they stand close together. Yeah? That is typical for the 18th century. And when you find this kind of houses, then you may know it's from the 18th century, and they don't have wood carvings. Yeah, they tr most, most times they even try to hide that it is a timber frame house. For example, they paint the wood and the, the compartments in the same color so you, that you get the impression that it is a, a, a house that's built of stone. It was more expensive to build stone, so people tried to pretend that they are rich by using one color for all of the facade. So we have construction elements from the 13th century until the 19th century. So you can see timber frame architecture of all period, every time. That is special. That's yeah, why it's very we special. are UNESCO World Heritage. Mm. One reason. <laughs> you can see that I had an amazing trip visiting Germany and the UNESCO Royal Heritage Sites. Now you can have the same trip as well. It's time for you to start packing. And you can find more information on the website germany.travel.en. For more information on the UNESCO sites, you'll see them there as well. So start planning your trip to check them all out and think about travel and sustainability and conservation. It's all about preserving the history. Now, thanks for joining me today on Travel with Anita and Friends. I'll be back in two weeks with another great destination. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Travel with Anita. For more, log on to her website, travelwithanita2ends.com, and listen to her award-winning podcast, Quarter Miles Travel, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Anita will be back in two weeks with another exciting adventure for you and your travel buddies. So keep those passports updated and remember to always travel safe and travel smart. Right, Jack? Uh, uh, uh.